and they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what a goal! Oh, he's drilled home by Steve Davis. Dear, then he comes back to Zen. Oh, he's gone! And now it's Dawson. That is a hugely important goal, which may just keep Rochdale in League One. Hello and welcome to the RochdaleFC.com podcast. My name is Dean. And I am joined, as always, by Ryan. Ryan, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. Good stuff. Can't wait to see that uh, that tash shaved off your face, though, I'm not going to lie. You and me both. <laughs> uh, and we've also got Luke with us as well. Luke, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. Good stuff. And Chaff is with us, as always. Chaff, how are you getting on? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you very much. Good stuff. So, uh, we've got three draws to talk through since uh, we last spoke, lads, but... I think, first of all, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, for those who don't follow us on uh, Twitter or, or Instagram or anything like that, uh, they might not have seen that we were awarded uh, the Northwest Football Awards Fan Media Channel or Podcast of the Season. Um, just really wanted to say a quick thank you to, to everyone for the kind words. Um, as a result of that, it, it meant a hell of a lot of me and Luke had a, a really good night, didn't we, mate? We did, mate. Yeah, it was a, um, it was a, it was a nice surprise, but a, a good one at that. Yeah, and a big thank you as well to the club who, as a result of that, uh, invited us in as their guests on Saturday. We spoke to the board and we we watched the game from the director's box and chaff. That was a, a brilliant experience, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, weren't expecting it. Um, I think it's a sign of how good the club has become off the pitch because I think previously uh, things like the website that, that we run are looked down on um, or have been and it was great to have that recognition uh, and being invited to spend the day with the directors and yeah very enjoyable day and I can't, we, we, we've not really mentioned this but the lighting in the boardroom that ceiling light I want to know where that's been done because that was mint. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. You put a photo of it on your Instagram. I'm sure people can see it there. It is pretty. Yeah, cool. I did. Yeah. So yeah, just again, just a quick thank you to everyone who who's sort of sent the kind words across. And um, yeah, it was still kind of overwhelmed by it now. To be honest with you, it's still amazing, uh, amazing feeling. So uh, yeah, big thank you to everyone. Um, we won't go on about it too much now. I think we've kind of had our fill. Uh, so starting with that draw at Walsall, chaff. Probably not the best performance of the season, but um, we didn't concede too many chances, did we? And, and generally, defensively, we did look a little bit more sound in that game, which is encouraging. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought we were, uh, I thought we were quite good defensively. Um, it was your sort of, it was your get a typical game of two halves. I thought we were poor first half, um, and I thought we were miles better second half. And I thought Jay Lynch had a really good game as well. Um, I think he kept out two at least two um, really good opportunities that fell to George Miller. And, yeah, I thought Dorset had a, a much better game. Um, I thought Taylor did well. Um, I know Connell and second half, we were a lot more attacking. Um, I thought Morley going off injured sort of freed us up a little bit in midfield because uh, Dooley came on and I thought he linked up the play a little bit better and allowed Kelly to get on the ball a bit more. Um, 
but yeah, in the end, we were unlucky not to not to sneak a win. Um, I'd have took a draw before the game. Um, and I think uh, a few of us had money on O'Keefe to score. And then we saw at least 100 notes rattle the crossbar later on, which was a bit annoying. Yeah, Ryan, I think that was probably the closest Dale came on the day. There was a, a chance for Abraham Udu as well later on, which we know about his kind of struggles in front of goal. But O'Keefe really was the main attacking threat throughout the game. And I suppose that would be a little bit of a worry, kind of the lack of chances we created in that game specifically. And that when we did, they kind of fell to the to the right wing back. Yeah, but I think we said last week on the podcast, he's probably one of our best finishers. So I think if you want a chance to fall to anyone, he's probably, he is probably up there. And um, it's been the case all season. He's got his fair share, you know, his fair number of goals now, a lot of good finishes. But he has missed a couple of chances in the last few games. I remember one great Tuesday um, where he, sh- he should score um, and doesn't. So that'll come back, I'm sure. But I, I won't be too worried if every chance fell to him because he's he's proven so far that I can finish and I can finish better than a couple of our forward players. So it's not too much of an issue, I don't think. Yeah, I suppose it, it, against Warsaw specifically, it looked like we were trying to shift the play over to the left so that we had that switch on for him to kind of progress into the box and get a shot away. So hopefully we'll see one or two more goals come from that um, in the coming weeks. Uh, Luke, another player that Chaff kind of touched on there, Gerald Dorset. it was probably his best performance in a Dale shirt so far for me. A bit of a shaky start, but then he defended really well against Wilkinson, got some good tackles and blocks in and I think he's followed that up as well in the last couple of games with, with a couple of better performances again. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment of how he's, uh, he's recently been doing. I think um, I was listening to Stockdale's kind of um, post-match um, from, from Saturday's game and Stockdale kind of actually um, picked out Dorset um, without even really being prompted, just to kind of acknowledge that it feels like he's come through that kind of sticky patch that sometimes young players come through when they're inexperienced and what have you. Um, and I think I kind of, I think to be fair, I think I've, I've written him off. I thought he's just actually not going to be good enough um, rather than him or he needs to get through kind of a, a sticky patch of form really. But when you look back at his kind of time with the club so far, he, he started pretty well, I thought, in fairness to him. Um, he's then had a dip um, it did that led me to thinking that he wouldn't be good enough. But if you so truly kind of just reflect on his last three games with us, um, I've kind of seen quite a few improvements. Uh, there's still things to be working worked on. I think he still needs to improve in in some aspects. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, I think he's played well. So moving on to the to the Stevenage game because to be honest, it's not loads to touch on more from the Walsall match. Um, Chaff, it, it was kind of disappointing in the end, wasn't it? Because we really should have won the game. I think it's been pointed out kind of the highest XG of any game within the top four leagues this season, over four uh, XG on the game for Dale. We really need to be finishing more of those chances, don't we, when they come to us? Disappointing, I think, putting it lightly because I was absolutely raging, to be fair. Because um, we shouldn't need to score three goals to win every game. Um, we had so many chances. I can't remember what the, the chance count was, but we were in the 20s and Stevenage were in single figures. And it's 
it's infuriating. Um, we we did more than enough to win the game. Um, we've just got to we've just got to take those chances. Um, Beasley's missed a couple of unbelievable chances, um, and it's yeah, it's it's really disappointing. But at the other end, we shouldn't be letting that Elliot list run through our entire back line to to score, and we've just got to tighten up a little bit in in that area as well. So. Yeah, disappointing. We deserved all three points, I think. Yeah, Ryan, I think I was just as frustrated as well by kind of the fact that two two real chances for Stevenage have resulted in two goals and the pace of Elliot List really caused those problems, didn't it? To to be to be having that many chances and not scoring enough is one thing, but really against a side as poor as Stevenage, two should have been enough, really. Yeah, hundred percent. I think in terms of a goals, I, I, you can sort of forgive the first one happening, I think. It, you, but you're going to get that when a team have got a player like that with lightning pace. Um, they're going to get one chance, you'd imagine. I do think Lynch should have done a lot, a lot better with that. It's sort of gone middle of a goal. He's almost dived sort of past it, almost. It, it, it was a weird one, but the second one can't happen. Um, once you've had that warning and, you know, he's... He's outstrength Taylor, was it? Um, and then took it past Lynch again a bit easily for me. Um, yeah, two two poor goals, but you, you can forgive the first one because um, he was quick um, and he did look dangerous at points. But I think you've got to stop. You've got to stop the passes through, and I think we did that relatively well for the rest of the game. I can't remember him getting through too many times apart from the goal. So you sort of go two chances, two goals, it happens that sometimes. But we've got to do a hell of a hell of a lot better in front of goal. Um I think in all well all games we've played all season you have, but particularly the last three, you you it's got to improve. And and Luke, both Ryan and Chaff have kind of touched on it there as well. But I think the main issue has got to be Jay Beasley, hasn't it? Because he, he's missed a couple of chances Again on Saturday, um, he missed a couple more on Tuesday. I know he did get one goal, but probably should have got a min- minimum of three from what I can remember. Um, he's scoring a, f- a few, but really for the chances he's getting, he should be getting more, shouldn't he? Yeah, it's, it's hard to argue against that um, because, you know, the, there's been a few where they're not even half chances, the, the kind of chances that, you know, any any decent striker kind of in this league should be putting away. Um, you know, I really like Beasley. I really like what he does for the team, what he brings to the team. Um, and I think kind of, you know, when you're looking at his strengths, it is more of his general play uh, and his ability to kind of work defenses and and link up play to a certain extent as well. Um, I'm kind of automatically thinking about just the flick on for Grant to win the penalty on Saturday, that kind of thing. Um. It's what m- makes the team tick. And I think Beasley plays a big part in, in what makes the team tick. Um, so it's always, if I, if we're going to criticise him, and I think it's fair to criticise his finishing, um, I do think it should be kind of counteracted with a with a reminder that of, of what he does for the team as well. Um, yeah, he has got himself a few goals. Yes, he should be kind of be a bit more clinical. Um, I think if he found that clinical edge in some way, 
you're probably you're looking at a championship player. I think, I think that's the that's the difference. I think with with Beasley because he's he's good in the air. He's got a presence. Um, he did have a spell earlier on in the season where it felt like teams were marshalling him quite well, and he was um, losing out in individual battles. But since Andrew's come into the team, he's playing as a front two, and the pressure's off him. Um, I think you find him Beasley win his individual battles because he's just not getting swamped anymore, and he's not as isolated as what he once was. Um, so yeah, you know he should be scoring more if you put that header in in the first half against Stevenage. You'd like to think that would have been game over, um, but you know he's not the only one that's kind of culpable for for why we didn't get the three points against Stevenage. He's just played his part in that. Um, but for me, he's he's still one of the first names on the team sheet in view of the balance that he gives us and everything else that he provides for the team as well. I actually. Um... I think I've been guilty of this and sort of going, you know, he's got to improve his finishing and hoping he does because I know Stockdale picked up on it early doors. It's one of the first things he said in his post-match interviews, I think. I think we've got to almost not give up, but sort of go, I don't think that's going to happen. I do think he can still be important for us, but I actually don't, I don't think the way we play and our system suits him as much as last season's did. I think, when you think of last season, yeah, you know, we played it short an awful lot. I think he came into his own because the long ball was almost a shock to, to teams, so he won a lot of flick-ons. It were often almost a 4-4-2 at times, so he always had a person close to him, a striker, wingers, often a midfielder in Lund running off him. Um, so there were always flick-ons, whereas now I think we're going a lot more. I know, I know we're still playing good football, but we're going direct an awful lot. And as much as he's he's good in the air, um, he's not a powerful lad. So I think defenders now are just gobbling him, gobbling up and he's he's getting bullied a lot of the time because there are so many direct long balls going up to him. Um, and when he does win it, I know Grant got on the end of one on Saturday, but there's often not many runners in behind. A lot of it's, you see Grant, uh, Grant or Newby or do or whoever, they're coming short quite a lot. Um, so I think I think the frustration with Beasley comes from he's not been as effective, I don't think, this season in his general play as he was last season. So you're noticing the lack of finishing ability more than we perhaps did last year. I think that's been my take on it anyway. Um, you've got to look at his goal record this season as well. 18-22. It's not. That's not a bad return, really. Um, I, I mentioned the ratios last year. Eight in twenty-two. If he carries on, becomes sixteen in forty-four, and you'd, you'd, you'd set that. I'd have took that before the season started. You look at different sorts of target men that we've had over the years, and I'll I'll dig out Clive Platt as as one example. Clive Platt didn't score that many goals. A good season for Clive Platt would be ten, and but it, the the difference being is he had a he had an Ellis next to him or he had a Townsend next to him. Your finishers, and I think that's what we we we're lacking. We're lacking a finisher playing off him. Um, I think his all round games still really good. Um, I think we have gone a bit more direct, but I think we've gone more direct because Andrews is playing next to him, and Andrews isn't losing an header. At the moment, I think he's been a, I think he's been excellent since he's come back into the team. Um, 
and it frees up the workload for, for Beasley. But it also means that Beasley's he's up against it more with the ball in the air. Um, he's evidently not a natural finisher, but I'd still argue that if we can get, if we can bring in somebody maybe in January who can add that different dimension, I think we'll start seeing some of these chances that we're creating being converted. Um, and I think we also probably need a little bit more from from the wide players um, and, and the midfield as well. We need to see more from, from Aaron Marley. We need to see more goals from Aaron Marley. He's a very good striker of the ball, isn't he? We've seen him score goals and I think we need to see him chip in with a few more. Um, Liam Kelly will get you goals and assists. Um, Udu, he's, he's just not a finisher whatsoever. And we need to see a little bit more from the likes of Newby and, and Cashman in the in the roles that they have, so that all the pressure's not on the front two. Um, overall, Beasley, I think, I think he's been very, very good. Um, I, I just think we, we're probably just missing a finisher that, that can play off him, I think. I think my question there, though, would be, who do you then drop out of the team? Because we're saying Andrews has done well since he came back in. We're saying Beasley deserves to start even if he's not scoring. If you throw another striker in there, that means the likes of maybe Newby and, and Cashman are getting no minutes. Um, so it's, it's difficult to kind of fit these players in. I think Beasley would probably have to drop down the pecking order slightly if we were to bring a striker in. Um, or, or Andrews would and Beasley would have to go back to being the target man. And, and just to pick up on what you said, Ryan, as well, about the long ball kind of being a bit of a shock last season, I think that's a really good point because I think Teams are set up in this league more to deal with it. I think if you look at the, the I go back to them all the time, but those Oldham and Crawley games, their centre backs look like they were used to dealing with those balls every week. Whereas, like you say in League One, there's very few teams that play that kind of direct football. There's a lot more in League Two. We've seen that already, haven't we, Luke? Yeah, and I think it does come from kind of the respect that teams give you as well. Where I think last season teams were quite happy to press us high up the pitch um, because they fancied themselves to get the ball back and, and actually dominate us and more and you know majority of the time that that did work you know any team that kind of pressed us whilst we were trying to play our passing game it only came off you know well put it this way it didn't come off enough to, for it to be successful so teams again in League Two probably are more happy for us to have the ball and and kind of sit off us, and with that they're then deeper. So then you know you kind of force sometimes to to kind of either play in front of him or or play longer balls forward. So I think it comes from a different dynamic of opposition as well, where they're happy to sit off us more. So touching on uh, Josh Andrews, then Ryan, I'll come back to you. Um, he did get a goal in this game. Like Chaff said, he's been playing quite well, hasn't he, recently? He, he was unlucky not to get one on Saturday as well with a strike that hit the post. I know you weren't overly sold on him in his, off the back of his first few appearances, but are you a little bit more encouraged by what you've seen in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, 100%. He's, he's surprised me, to be honest, because I think I was starting to realise that he's a finisher and he's a, he's a good one at that. Um, but I was... Disappointed with his all-round play, but then I think after his injury, he's come back a completely different prospect. He's, you know, it looks like he can do almost 
anything you want a striker to do. Um, he's, you know, he's a big, powerful lad. Um, I think he could get himself in goal-scoring situations a bit more often than he does. Um, I can't think of, of him having too many chances in either game. I don't think of him once, you know, the ones he scored. But um, yeah, he, he's been important to us. I think, like they've said, he's he's almost given Beasley a bit more freedom. Um, I don't know whether you necessarily want that, given how he's played. But I think he could be really useful going forward, and he could be a, a you know a really good thing for our wide players if they can start getting more chances and and midfield coming into play because we've got that big outlet then. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing him play. But I think, I know we, we all laughed at the start of the season because Stockdale said he's got to turn a pace. Or I think it might have been Andrews himself said he's got a bit of pace. I think we've actually started to see that a little bit. He has got a bit of a, I mean, he's not lightning, but he looks like he can move a bit more this time around than he did before his injury. So, yeah, it, it, he's done well since he came back. I think my biggest issue with Andrews when we first started seeing him was. For a, for a lad who's six foot six, he just wasn't physical. And that's what I've seen the biggest change in in recent weeks. It's it's almost like he's he's finally discovered how, how big he is and he can he can bully defenders a little bit more. I mean, maybe it's a sign that he's 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 starting to get to grips with professional football and men's football, because I mean, how many Massive defenders are you going to come up with against in in sort of under 18s and under 23 teams? Um, this will be a completely different game. He'll have been able to do whatever he wants physically in, in those sorts of games, whereas he can't um, in, in men's football. So it, it, I think it's really good that we're seeing him use the, the strength that he's got and, and win the flick ons because we weren't seeing that before. And it, it really has sort of it's. It's allowed us to to bring a different dimension to our attacking play, I think. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Yeah, definitely encouraging signs um, from Andrews. Uh, Luke, I, I wanted to come to you on Liam Kelly as well, because I think in, in the game against Stevenage, he was man of the match. He got the sponsors man of the match. I think he was probably my man of the match as well in that game. Um, and to be honest, he seems to be a contender for every game at the moment, doesn't he? And I think... Of all the the positives we've seen over the last few weeks, this kind of unbeaten run, which is as we've embarked on, it's not quite um, a winning run, but it's definitely an improvement in form. And I think he's probably been the the biggest uh, the biggest key to that, hasn't he? Because he's been quality over the last few weeks. Yeah, I think he's. It feels like he's found his feet with us now. It feels like he's kind of probably found his um, found his fitness, and it's kind of been reflected in in his performances because he's he's very he's a very busy player, isn't he? He's he's kind of for someone of his size, he is he is pretty all action. He he gets to the pitch quite well. He's he's relatively dynamic for someone that small in that part of the pitch. Uh, his passing range is brilliant, um, and he makes the right decisions. He doesn't hold on to the ball for too long. Um, He's often available for a pass as well. Um, so he takes up some really good positions when we're in possession of the ball, whether that's deep or, or in more attacking positions. I like that 
Um, and this this goes for Morley too, uh, to be fair to, to Morley. But I like when we've got the ball in the wing-back position, that pass is always on and back, to go back into centre midfielder who's then got an angle for a cross into the box. Um, and, and Kelly often gives that and he's definitely got ability um, when it comes to kind of crossing a ball um, and, and crossing the ball from deep as well, uh, which I think in playing the two up top now as well, that's really kind of helped us. We've, we've causing problems because we we can cross the ball earlier and we can get away with crossing the ball deeper because we've got two presents, like two big guys in the, in the box really. So um, I think that's kind of helping helping us. Um, but yeah, I think Liam Kelly's, I've been impressed. Um, I think there's times in games, it seems to happen once a game where you might lose the ball in a midfield part of the pitch where we then look really open to to kind of that, that counter-attack. Um, and I think it's kind of through a physicality uh, rather than dallying on the ball or anything like that. It's more so just losing out on a duel uh, that might have been 50-50 or, or even a 60-40 in his favour and he's ended up kind of on the ground and um, you know the opposition have been able to attack us but that's me picking holes in his game and, and what have you I think generally speaking he's um, he's doing really well Yeah and that's that's been an issue with Morley's game hasn't it which is when they first got paired together we were saying we thought they might be a little bit too similar I think they actually ended up complementing each other quite well but because they are similar players um but yeah, that is still an issue, that kind of lack of physicality. And we have seen that with a couple of the goals we've conceded in the last few games. Um, moving on to, to the last game then, Saturday's draw with, with Exeter. Um, Chaff, it was another encouraging performance, really. Exeter are flying high towards the top of the table. Uh, yet we feel probably that we should have got all three points on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. I, I, was, I thought we played really well, to be fair. Um, you can't plan for penalty misses. Um, it's a poor miss, isn't it, really, from Beasley? He's, he's got to score from the spot. Um, and it, I think it becomes a, a very different game. I, it, I was a bit disappointed with the goal that we conceded. I mean, I know we, we were sort of praising Dorset before. He, he just doesn't get anywhere near um, the striker for the header. And I was a little bit disappointed with that. But we came back into it well. Um Max Taylor, I thought, was excellent. Um, Abraham Udu at left wing back, um, I thought, was magnificent. Um, really showed us something that I didn't particularly think he would have in his locker. A um, couple of really good blocks. Um, got forward really well. It was like having a, an O'Keefe, but on the other side of the pitch. Um, and yeah, I was, I was impressed. I thought we played really well. And you'll never see a, a, a better strike than... Max Taylor's for for the goal either from the centre half. Yeah, Luke, you and I were quite critical of Taylor after the Stevenage game, weren't we? But I think he he bounced back well on Saturday, and like Chaff said, a brilliant goal. But generally, quite a good performance from him as well. Solid is the is the best way to describe it. He was he was very solid. Um, there was a part in the first half where I think I think O'Connell actually cocked up, um, and you kind of. You kind of think the worst. I think he lost the ball and um, Taylor just stepped in and covered for him and just basically said no and, um, you know, stopped the, the extra attack dead. Um, and, and I just thought that was just one part of the play where I thought, yeah, that was that was really good, that. And kind of, I wasn't expecting him just to basically take charge like that and, um, and win the ball back kind of out of nowhere. 
Um, yeah, he was he, he, he was solid. He, he looks a bit more he looks a bit more comfortable on the ball, um, and you know, obviously, he took his goal really well. And I think, you know, with that, what was kind kind of interesting about the goal, as good a strike as it was, um, we were obviously chasing an equaliser at the time, weren't we? Um, but I really like it within the form. I know we've sort of spoke about the formation changing, but I really like it when O'Connell's got license to go forward. Um, he does often find the right pass and the right pass forward as well, the fo- forward playing pass. But O'Connell found himself on the left touchline. Um, you know, a little bit of nice interplay uh, with a couple of others. It works its way across the box. And it's your other centre half who's, who's kind of lurking uh, not too far from the edge of the box to, to smash it in. So I think with the 3 5 2, when you can pin teams back, you can get away with really kind of. Um, outnumbering the opposition in certain parts because your centre-halves are able to kind of contribute towards the attack as well. Um, so I think it's just probably a point worth noting on the formation that I think the formation kind of created that opening, that opportunity for us. Um, but yeah, what a strike. And and yeah, it's good to see a, a good, solid performance from him. Yeah, that was something Stockdale touched on, wasn't it, about the formation after the game on Saturday, um, which was nice to hear. It was kind of one of the most sort of in-depth interviews I think I've ever heard from a Dale manager. Um, and yeah, found it really interesting, to be honest. And Ryan, one man who, who definitely deserves a lot of credit for Saturday is Abraham Udu. Um, both lads have touched on him already, but he was excellent in a position that we haven't seen him play before at left wing back. But we've said before that his real ability comes from his his quality and carrying the ball up the pitch. Uh, and from that position, it gives him plenty of opportunity to do that, doesn't it? 100%, yeah. I thought he was really good. Um, surprisingly good defensively as well. The, the amount of, you know, tackles and, and last-ditch blocks and even his positioning it, uh, for a lot of a game was was really good for someone who has come through as a, a winger and a, an attacking player. Um, and, you know, let's exeter a good side. And they've got you know, good good wing backs themselves and good forwards. So tough game for him to go, you know, go in that position. But I thought, yeah, he, he did really well. I thought it it suited him actually. Um and I think yeah, it, I suppose the issue for him now is he's shown he can defend. So we'll probably be asked to do that a bit more when he's playing as a winger as well. But um yeah, really impressed. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was tough between him and Taylor for the man of a match, actually. I think I'd have probably just about give it Taylor, but I thought Udu was was outstanding um, in both aspects of the game. I didn't realise at the time. I don't know about you, lads, but um, the, the the chance that Exeter had in the in the first half um, when they kind of crossed it over um, and it looked like kind of it was like a semi one on one for for their player, and uh, Udu just came out of nowhere uh, and kind of blocked it. I only kind of noticed it proper because I was watching the highlights before and he's he's made up some ground there to get back into position. Uh, it's some endeavour that to, to kind of to block that. And I just thought, yeah, you know what? That's He's a proper team player, Udu. Um, I've kind of noted that he tracks back really well when he's playing further forward up the pitch. But um, sometimes when you're playing out of position or sometimes when a player's in a new position... It's kind of that, sometimes it's that instinct, isn't it, that that might be off on, on where to be and when to be there, that kind of thing. But the fact that he spotted danger 10 seconds before his part in defending occurred 
I think is a positive sign potentially for him to play again in that position. Yeah, and there was a similar moment in injury time when he raced back to get a little interception in, then carried the ball into their half, even I think it was. And I'm not sure there was many players left on the pitch at that point that had that kind of energy, uh, which was really impressive. Um, another player who I thought played well um, in this game, um, Chaff, was was Conor Grant. Um, he, we had a hand in the goal, obviously won the penalty as well. Just generally carried the ball forward well throughout the throughout the game, and it was more the kind of performance we were used to seeing from him at the back of back end of last season, wasn't it? To be honest, I thought that's probably his best performance in a Dale shirt on Saturday. I thought he was excellent. I thought everything we did well in the the opposition half of the pitch sort of went through him. Um, he's won the penalty. Um, I'd have probably had a shot rather than try and turn back, to be honest, but he didn't and he got the penalty anyway. And he's, I love watching him play football because he's, he's quick turn of pace, he's quick feet. It's it's really sort of pleasing on the eye. I thought he had a really good game. I thought he linked up well with the uh, with Beasley and, and and Andrews and the overlapping Udu and, and O'Keefe on the other side as well. And I thought, yeah, I thought he was really good. I'd like to see a lot more of him. And if he can put in performances like that, then he re- he, he really will stake a, a claim for a, a regular first team spot. I think. And uh, Luke, just just one last player to kind of touch on. In the last few games, um, Jay Lynch made a huge save at the end of the game on Saturday, which could have seen us lose it. He made a couple of big ones at Walsall as well, like Chaff said. Maybe could have done slightly better against Stevenage, but on form, is he the, the number one choice between the sticks after a few few big performances in the last few weeks? Yeah, for me, he is. Um, I think, you know, fair play to him. He does seem like a, like a good pro. Um, you know, you can kind of, you know, he... I think the only thing that lets him down sometimes is his stature and his ability to claim for crosses. Um, apart from that, I think he's he's solid in every other department that you'd expect a keeper to be solid in. Um, you know, and that's a lot. A lot of that is is outside of his control, I suppose. But um, his shot stopping's been good. I think his distribution's a lot better than than Coleman's. Um, but it is all about what kind of makes that rounded goalkeeper and who, who's best at it. But for me, yeah, the way Lynch is playing, um, I think, yeah, I agree with Lockett. He could have done better with that Stevenage goal, but um, that was a big save that towards the end of the game on Saturday. And he was off his line like a shot. Um, I wasn't expecting that to, to go in the back, back of the net. Um, so, um, And it was very similar to the save that he made against Walsall with how he kind of spreaded himself. He's, he's quite good at that. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've kind of I've enjoyed watching Jay Lynch. Do feel nervous when it comes to teams that are throwing putting balls in the box. I don't think Exeter did that, so it played into our hands a little bit. You know, Exeter, I think tried to play a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, he's been good. And I think kind of looking back at some of the players that we spoke about tonight, you know, the likes of Andrews, Lynch, maybe Connor Grant, um, Max Taylor. Is it is it that case of him needing that those games to kind of get up to scratch because they weren't they've not necessarily been up to scratch, be it fitness or sharpness, and now because they're playing, they're kind of demonstrating that you know what they can do. I don't know. It's just you know with those players, we've we've kind of all we've praised them, haven't we? Like in this little you know tonight, and um, they're all players that have probably kind of been in and out a little bit, but you get a run of games behind you, and then you start contributing. Kelly as well. 
you know, I thought Kelly's kind of got to that point as well. So maybe there's something to it. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point, that, Luke. Um, you've, we've got to remember how, how young this squad is as well and how inexperienced it is. Um, Andrews, Taylor, Dorset, Graham, um, they've, they've all played very little football um, prior to, to joining us. And it was always going to be that we'd need time to gel. And I think some people expect it instantly and it's just not feasible. And I think now we are trying to, we, we are see, we are seeing a little bit more of that. And the fact that the players are in and out of the side and then when they're coming back in, they're doing well, shows a, a, a togetherness to, for me. And you, you kind of see that they, they, they must be like a, quite a tight-knit unit in training. And I think it's, I think it's really good to see. I think, we have to be patient with them, um, and if we can, if we can be patient, I think we'll, I think we'll see the results um, before too long. I think everything's there for us to be a, a successful side, apart from maybe an experienced defender. But yeah, I th- I, we've got the makings of a really good side. I think so. I think I think we kind of I think we've got a fair idea of of what we've been good at. And, and where there might be weaknesses in the team. But I think January is going to be a big one. Um, and probably the following transfer window as well. As far as, you know, Stockdale's kind of, he's had that window where he's brought in these players. Um, and in the main, I think they're doing well. Um, as a result of kind of the profile of player that he's brought in, maybe there's an argument to say that we might be missing out on a bit of experience and we might need that. And it'd be interesting to see what we do in January or if we can do anything. Um, around whether we continue recruiting the profile of player that we have been so far under Stockdale, or whether we go it we do we do it a little bit different and we actually bring in a little bit more experience. Um, but without getting too far ahead, I think we mentioned it already. Like I think a centre, an experienced centre half, and a and a bit of a poacher, um, I'd be very happy with. Yeah, Ryan. One sort of issue there. Um, in terms of the experience of the of the squad, will be a lack of Jimmy Keogh in for the next few weeks as well. After the news that he broke his foot and was set for a, a spell on the sidelines, he's going to be missed, isn't he? Because, like we've said, there the squad is one that lacks experience. He's got plenty of that, but also you know that versatility and dependability that he brings um, wherever he plays really will be missed as well, won't it? Yeah, it, it can play both sides. Um... So, yeah, he's going to be missed. I'm, part of me is sort of hoping that it might lead to a bit of a tweak in formation, but I very much doubt that. But, yeah, he'll be missed because it, it's, it's going to mean that O'Keefe, he's played a lot of football anyway, but Christmas is a busy period and O'Keefe's going to have to play every single game and every single minute, I think. Um, and then, I mean, who you put on my left you know I think the two players to be fair who've played very in the last couple of games Dooley did well and I think Udu did well um, so you've got options there you've got Matty Doan and, and A.D. White as well who can do it um, but yeah he's just a, a very steady player I know he's not maybe getting the accolades he got last season he's not getting the goals but I think his performances have, have almost been just as good this season um, so yeah, it, it, it'll be missed, but it's an opportunity, as most managers say, and, and I'm hoping for 
you know, at least see one tweak in December. Yeah, I guess one question as well would be who would play right wing back if KON's still out injured and O'Keefe's loan spell comes to an end. I think we're all hoping the loan spell becomes a permanent one, but if it doesn't, um, we might be left without without a right back or a right wing back anyway. Um, and Luke, I wanted to touch on, on Danny Cashman as well. It seems like a bit of a strange situation with him at the moment. He was getting minutes earlier in the season and, and impressing at times, but we haven't seen him play for a while now. We know he got a bit of a knock, but even then he's come back, been in the squad a couple of times, not been brought off the bench uh, when we've not been able to, to, to pick up a win. Um, yeah, how do you feel about the Cashman situation at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I can. to be fair, I can see why we didn't make any subs on Saturday because I thought I was looking at everyone on the pitch. I thought everyone was contributing in the wrong way and they were doing well well enough. Um, but I was um, I was surprised and I, I was personally wanting Cashman's squad against Stevenage. Um, I think Cashman's shown this season that out of kind of the players that play in his position that we've got, he's the one that's made the biggest impact from the bench. I think when we've had Udo on the bench, Udo's not really made a massive impact when he's come on in games. Um, to be fair, I can't think of that many times Newby's kind of come on because um, Newby's probably started the majority. But Grant coming on, he's not really made an impact. So um, for me, Cashman has been a real good impact kind of player for us so far. And I do actually like him. I think he's got he's got ability and he's a little bit different to what we've got because he will come a bit deeper and he will pick a pass. I think that's what he's quite good at. But um, I think, yeah, it's just, um, I'm not I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't read too much into it as far as a fallout or anything like that. Um, but definitely feels like he should have been used probably a little bit more than what he has done in recent games. Yeah, that was the part I was going to make then, Luke. He's, he's different to the, the other attacking options that we've got. Um Newby, very direct. Udo, direct. Cashman will just take that little bit extra time, have a look up and, and see what options are on. He does sort of drop back a little bit. Um, he's a very clever player. Um, but I've, I've been impressed with the with the cameo roles that he's that, he, that he's put in as well. Um, scored a couple of really good goals. And yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more of him. I think we missed a trick um, in that Stevenage game as well because I think it would cry out for somebody who could give us a, something a little bit different. Um, it weren't the game for him on, on Saturday, I don't think. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more of him as well. So Ryan, just taking kind of temperature of where we're at at the moment, um, eight unbeaten, like I mentioned before, but doesn't quite tell the full story because there's, there's a hell of a lot of draws within that eight. Um, and we seem to be kind of permanently stuck in 13th place at the moment. Um do you think that's kind of a fair reflection of where we're at at the moment? It's not like many teams are wanting to face us because it's clear that we're a threat, but at the same time, we're maybe lacking that ruthlessness, aren't we, to, to turn those draws into victories? Yeah, I, I always don't dismiss, but I, I don't get too carried away with unbeaten runs, really. Because um, I don't think drawing as many games as we have done necessarily creates momentum of any sort. It very rarely moves you anywhere in, in the table. I always think like, you know, the City and the Liverpool seasons, for example, are better than the Arsenal unbeaten one because the points total. Um, so, yeah, as, as much as it's good not to have lost any games, I think sometimes it's better to win a couple here and there, you know, maybe lose one and then win a couple again. Um, but 
I think it sort of shows, I think we're an average side in an average league at the minute. Um, I think we're not pulling up yet. You know, you look at the XG and things like that and yeah, we're creating a lot of chances, but ultimately we're not finishing them and that's what matters. Um, and I think defensively we're doing a bit better recently, but still conceding, you know, conceding silly goals at points. So I think we're, we're about right. I think we're about where most people, like, you know, predicted us to be at the end of a season. So I don't think it'll shock anybody. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm not really getting carried away with the unbeaten thing. I know it's something to play on and something to maybe sell a couple more tickets and things like that if possible. But um, yeah, I'm not, you know, climbing the walls because of it. I think it's just it, you know, you've drawn four in a row now. Um, I think I'm lucky. I'm. Looking at my phone now, I think we've won two out of those eight. So it's not, it's nothing to shout about, I don't think. But yeah, we, we're doing all right. Luke, would you like to see us kind of maybe take more risks in trying to turn those draws into wins? I know you said that it was probably the right decision not to make any subs on Saturday from your perspective. But just generally, do you think maybe we could start taking a, a few more risks in the last stages of games? Or, or is it just a case of, you know, um, struggling to find a breakthrough. Yeah, that's a tricky one. I, I, I put it down to just probably struggling to find a breakthrough in, in getting the, a winning goal because, um, you know, when you watch us play, it's not like we don't, it's not, we, we don't, I wouldn't say we play conservatively. We we get players in the box. We're, we're quite, we're, we're quite attack minded. But when we dissect kind of performances and goals that we've conceded, we just kind of, you know, moments in games, maybe where we've kind of had a lapse in concentration. Um, you know, we've not spoken about the goal that we conceded against Axeter. We didn't clear our lines properly. That allowed the ball back into the box. You know, it's, we didn't then didn't defend individually as good as what we should have done. Like Jeff said, Dorset didn't challenge for it, really. Um, so I just think I'd, 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 if we were to kind of roll the dice even more, you you know it's always what you kind of then what do you lose and do you lose that kind of shape or you know balance your play because I think our performances are, are quite decent and you know yeah lock it hit the nail on the head like you can have the highest you know amount of expected goals in the league but if you're not if you're not doing the business it's kind of irrelevant but at the same time does it does make me think are we that far away from from kind of doing it, do we just need to make a couple of slight tweaks? You know, is it to do with just kind of having such a young squad, like Chap said, um, where kind of your consistency, even in a game, will kind of flicker up and down almost? Um, but for me, I think our general play is good. I think our general performance against Stevenage, as an example, was absolutely brilliant. We dominated the game, but we made mistakes. And ultimately speaking, it's a scoreline that matters, but um, I, I am a believer of if you persist in doing the right thing, you'll get there with regards to the desired outcome. Um, and I, I think we are on the right tracks. It's just about kind of, like you said, maybe maybe it's just like a confidence thing. Maybe it's where, you know, the, the next result that isn't a draw is going to be key. And it, that'll determine whether this unbeaten run has been good or not. You know, if we lose, it's kind of like, ah. Oh, because like Ryan said, you know, momentum is it's not it's not gathering at a pace. But if we get a win, you know, then I can, you know, the the, the feel good about the about the place um will be accelerated quite heavily, I reckon. So I don't think we're too far off it. 
I personally do want to, I don't know if you asked me this and I missed a question, but I do want to see us take more risks because I think Luke's right there. I think the next result that's not a draw has got to be a win because I've just counted then and we've won two league games in 12. That's not good enough for by any stretch of the imagination. I don't care where you're on the table. I don't care how young your team is. It's not good enough that. So I think if you then lose your next one and you're talking no winning, I think five then, you know, that momentum from four draw, four points on that bounce completely goes. And then you probably, you start looking at that probably as players and you start going, ah, oh, we've not won for a while and don't miss that. So I do think, I do want to see us take, a, you know, a few more risks and I do want to, ultimately, we're going to need a win at some point because the game's come thick and fast in December. And it's a it's a shit month to be in a bad run that. Um so I do think we've got a quite a nice, you know, change on Sunday with, with the FA Cup and then get back at the league then and, and start attacking it, I think. Yeah, I think one point I, I want to make is kind of just following on from what Luke said about um if you're doing the right things that the, the, the results will start to come and I couldn't agree more, to be honest. I think that's what's giving me hope at the moment is I feel like we're doing the right things. And especially in the last two games, I think there's a feeling that we were unfortunate to, to not win either of them. Yeah, we can point at, at Beasley missing chances or mistakes for goals against that probably we didn't deserve to concede. But overall, I would say we deserve to win both of those games. And if you keep playing like that, it's very, very rare at the end of the season that you don't feel you're in the position that you deserve to be. Um, I think that's what we said at the end of last season. I think we all said we probably deserve to go down because we didn't make the most of those chances and things like that. Um, I think if we keep playing like this for the next month or two, those results will start to come and I don't think we'll be in 13th for much longer. Um, I think we'll be going up the table. Um, but obviously, like you say, one one bad result and it, it starts to look like a bad run all of a sudden. So, yeah, every game is important, obviously. Um but at the moment, I think the performances are still more important to me than the results, and the performances are there. Um, Chaff, Ryan kind of touched on Sunday being a nice distraction for us. It's Plymouth, Argyle at home in the FA Cup, live on TV. Um, you know, um, reduced ticket prices, good opportunity for the fans to kind of celebrate what we've been through in the last few months and celebrate still being fan owned, and that's kind of the message from the club at the moment. It seems, isn't it? Yeah, it is definitely. Um, it should be a reason for celebration. I'm not about these Sunday kickoffs, so I'm not. I'm not a fan of that whatsoever. Especially dinner time ones. That's really harsh on the Plymouth fans travelling up. But yeah, it should be. Um, it should be a good occasion. It's a game where we're going into it very heavily second favourite. Um, anything other than a, a defeat will be a really good result. Um, and yeah, it's. The reduced ticket prices is is a really good gesture from the board. Um, will it make a massive difference on the attendance? Probably not, but hopefully we might be a little bit surprised by that. Um, it's good to be on the telly. We get more money from being on the telly. Um, and, yeah, it's nice for us to get that little bit more exposure, I think, as well, um, given what we've been through in the last summer. Um, and... Yeah, hopefully it's um, hopefully it's a good occasion for everybody who goes who might not ordinarily go, um, and have been they, they might be encouraged to go again um, and, and see a lot more of us. 
and yeah, it's it, I'm, I'm hoping for a bit of a result and yeah, it's, um, it's something to celebrate. Yeah, I suppose, I think when, when the draw came out and it was either Plymouth or Sheffield Wednesday, I think we were all panicking a little bit. Plymouth were flying at the time, but I think they've lost maybe three on the bounce now, so a little bit of momentum's gone for them. Like you say, early kickoff coming a long way. Um, it's not going to be an easy game for them. We've us kind of struck, like avoiding defeat so much recently. Um, I think we've got every chance of, of pulling off, not an upset, I wouldn't call us beating Plymouth an upset, but um, at least kind of shocking the odds, if nothing else. Um, so to finish off with, we'll play our normal game. And actually, when this podcast comes out on Wednesday, it will be 12 months to the day since they'll beat Plymouth 4-0 at home park during lockdown. Uh, I always enjoy doing these games a little bit more recently to see how much you struggle with a team from just 12 months ago. So I can't remember who won last time. Does anyone want to remind me? The chaff won it. Mark Sweetmore, weren't it? Oh, it was Mark, yeah. So um, we'll go with you, chaff, since you were probably the winner before that. And then we'll go with Lockett and Luke in that order because that's how you are on my Zoom screen. So chaff, do you want to go first, mate? Um, Stephen Humphreys. Yep. Repeat the game again, sorry. Yeah, so it was Plymouth nil, Rochdale 4 on the 1st of December 2020. Um, uh, one of the very few games in lockdown where we, we were celebrating afterwards. Right, Beasley. Yep, Jake Beasley took a, a knock to the head in that game. Luke? Jimmy Kerr. Yep, Kerr played. Owen O'Connell. Yep. Um, Bazunu. Unfortunately, no Bazunu, right? Jay Lynch was in goal. Was he not on the bench? I've just given you one of the answers there. I just could have said Jay Lynch still anyway because <laughs> couldn't have been anyone else. Ch- Chaff, you're going to have to trust me, mate. I definitely was. <laughs> Fair enough. Hayden <laughs> um, Roberts. Yeah, Aidan Roberts played. Morley. Yeah, Morley scored a, a cracking goal that night. Uh, Quadro Bar. Yeah, he was a, an unused substitute that night. Newby. Yep, Newby played. Uh, Rathbone. Yeah, Rathbone. Lund. Yeah, I think that leaves us with just one of the starting 11 still to get. Um, Matty Dolan? Did come off the bench, yeah. McLaughlin? Yeah, that was the other starter. Struggling now. So I think we've got uh, five of the substitutes still to get. Big Jim. Yep. Oh, you little fucker. <laughs> oh, this is a bit of a pot shot now. Tavares. Yeah, Tavares actually came on. Good shout. Very good shout. Um, what month for it? Remind me. It was the, the 1st of December. So it will be the 12-month anniversary when the podcast comes out. 
mine's a pot shot as well. I'm going to go Talaji Bowler. Great shout, mate. Yeah, Talaji Bowler was there. Briley? No. No, even Briley. A cracking effort, though, Luke. Chaff, do you want to have a guess at any of the uh, the other two subs? Uh, Jesus. One of them still with us. I don't, I don't remember anyone saying him. All right, okay. Oh, no. No? Oh, yeah. Still... Go on, right? Have we said Beasley? I'm going to say... Yeah, Beasley was said. I'm going to say Dooley. Yeah, Dooley. Dooley. Oh, yeah. Dooley. And uh, the other one was uh, Jimmy Ryan. So great effort there, Luke, but still not quite good enough to take that crown from him. Um, we will be back soon to chat through that Plymouth game and, and any other games uh, coming up in the next few weeks. So all that's left for me to say uh, is once again, thank you to everyone um, for the kind words after the the award win last week. Um, we will be referring to ourselves as the award winning watchdownafc.com podcast. You know it. <laughs> Sorry about that, Cole. Uh, so all that's left for me to say is thank you very much, Ryan. Oh, thank you, Dean. Cheers, Luke. Cheers, Dean. Uh, cheers as always, Chaff. Nice uh, one, thank you very much. I put um I put award-winning podcaster on my LinkedIn as soon as that came through. Yeah, it so went, it went straight on the Twitter bio before the night was even out, mate. <laughs> 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 all right, thanks again. See you all next time. Up the Dale.